Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. As chiropractors, we talk about spinal motion causing stress to the body. Not just pain in the muscles, for example, are causing headaches, but also problems where the body becomes under stress where it can affect your heart, your blood pressure, your lungs, your body internal stress even affect your sleep, even causing the body to feel overall stressed all the time. In this talk, we break down exactly how the nerves work and how they connect to the brain, the adrenals, and the rest of the body through a neurochemical and hormone connection, hormonal connection response to keep your body under stress or when the spinal motion is normal, keep your body relaxed. In this talk, we'll talk about also what is arthritis, how that works. Along with two, again, we talked a second ago, how it affects your overall sleep when you're under stress. And what is homeostasis? How does that keep your body able to adapt to your environment to stressors around you, keep your overall body health? So in this talk, if you want to learn how to keep your body loose and less stressed, learn exactly how to keep your joints loose at the same time, keep your body moving in motion. All right, so do the talk, my friends. In the show notes, has the highlights of this overall talk, along with to the uh, links to our previous podcasts and shows. Enjoy the weekend, my friends. Enjoy the week. We'll see you soon. The way the spine works, and this is the whole spinal problem, not just one bone, is when I move my shoulder, part of this might move a little bit, but I have to really move my neck over to one side to make that spine bend to that side. Okay? But if my spine is locked up in the middle here, what happens? I'm still going to cause the same round of range of motion, but I'm going to move more of the upper neck more, and I'm going to move the lower neck more too. So the body knows how to compensate. Unlike an elbow joint where there's basically one joint in there, it's two bones but one joint, when it moves, it moves together. When there's several joints in one spinal claw in one section, areas can lock up and not move, and that's where we have problems. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about at the very end, but I kind of start with that too, that's what people come in with, is what is spinal motion? That's the motion here in the joints. In each part of the spine, you see in the bottom, we have two joints on the left side and right side. They have capsules that connect this and it'll dislocate. But they have to move together to cause this motion forward and backwards, side to side, and some rotation too all the way through. Okay. So thank you. Okay. So let's just get started with how motion works, how it affects the body. Okay. When there is like we talked about a second ago, joint muscle, just put joint motion here. Okay. That joint motion may be good or bad, causes a, a, a nerve response to the actual brain, okay? So that response occurs by the nerves here that go into the body, and the spinal cord, so you can see a little soft tissue in there, the spinal cord itself. Not the calm, calm's the bones. Cord is actually the, the, uh, the big bungee cord inside the spinal cord that connects from your tailbone. Do you have to bring, come in. You're just on time. Grab a sweater here if you like. Yeah. Not a problem. Okay, thank you. Just don't hit me on the way out. <laughs> Fine. Okay. So we want that spongy cord to be as loose as possible. That's your connection from your body. Stressors to your body, good or bad. It goes into the spinal column and cord goes up to your brain to give you a response. Okay. That's how the nerves work to get back to your brain. Mm -hmm. So what happens is these joints, each joint in your spine, each side is called mechanoreceptor alarm system. When you, everyone drove here today? Everyone walk? You yeah. walk today? Did you walk today or did you drive? No, but I've already been to the gym. Good, I was going to ask you about <laughs> that later. That's right. Okay. So they we have something called 
senior silver slippers. Sne sneakers. Sneakers. Silver sneakers. sneakers. Come on. Silver I'm sneakers. too young to go to that thing. <laughs> so and when we have that, those joints connect together, they have an alarm system they're called mechanoreceptor. Like your dashboard, something starts going off the dashboard, you go, okay, what's going on here? Your car is still working, right? But there's something of a warning sign of what's going on. Those receptors in there are motion sensors to see if your joints are working normally or in or not normally or improperly. Okay? So if those sensors work properly, they send a signal to the brain saying everything's working okay. If over time those joints start locking up, not moving properly, causing some joint locking, overall sends a different signal to the brain, we'll talk about in a minute, of how that works too. But they send sensors like your car dashboard, there's a problem in there, but may not be symptomatic yet. Okay, any questions about that? Do everyone know what symptomatic means? Painful, numbness, burning, sharp pain, things like that. You feel healthy. Symptoms. You can have symptoms, yeah. okay? In the sense where you can have problems occurring first over time to help into symptoms when you have pain, numbness, weakness, pain, burning, things like that. Yeah. Similar word to sympathetic, but uh, <clears throat> I don't get much sympathy for my symptoms. I assume not. <laughs> okay? This is how the nerve travels, okay? The nerves travel to the brain. That's a nerve response. From your brain, goes to part of your organs called your adrenals. Okay? Everyone's probably heard of adrenal fatigue and how that works and your body shutting down and all that stuff too. Okay, that's an organ and that's more of a chemical response. Okay? So there's a neurochemical so far pathway that's controlled by joint motion. It all starts right here. It has to start with joint motion, good or bad. Okay? Adrenals produce hormones. Well, the adrenals are gland, aren't they? But where are yes. they? Are they in the brain? Now, they're more toward the base of where things are. Oh. Um, part of that area. So it's close, but it's not connected to the brain itself. Huh. Okay. So they're, they're part of it, but it's like a lymph node, if you want to call it that. Okay. So you have for a hormonal response. Hormonal. <coughs> Hormonal. Sorry, I'm not a yeah. C plus all the way through English school. It's depressing. I'll take a third grade English class, I think. It might be helpful. Hormonal response or hormones called hormones. It's different than okay. harmonious. I don't get okay. a harmonious response at all. And that goes to your body to cause an effect. Okay? That's how it's affected to the body. So if we have for example, overall less joint motion, it'll fire certain nerves mm -hmm. to cause a chemical response to cause a different hormonal response to. Okay? Like you mentioned a second ago, there's sympathetic, parasympathetic, correct? So here is sympathetic. I'm going to draw sympathetic in red. Sympath sympathetic is your stress response. Okay? Okay, that equals stress. Okay, if you have stress where your joint is a moving prop, so you have less range of motion, less motion in the joint, that point, the sympathetic, <laughs> will cause that adrenal gland to produce cortisol. There's no test, so you don't have to remember these words. And catecholamines, that are your stress hormones. 
school um, means that something, I don't know. Something. <laughs> okay. Okay. What do you think the stress hormones have you react your body to do? What's the stress response? You're getting chased by a tiger, what happens to your body? I bet it makes you hurt. <laughs> I don't know. Makes you hurt probably later, once, no. once it wears off. You're being chased by a tiger, what, has, what happens to your lungs? Increase in respiration or decrease in respiration? Are you going to breathe more when you're under stress or breathe less? I guess you breathe more. more. Yeah. Increase lung capacity, right? So with this one, increase lungs. <laughs> Let's do it here. Increase breathing. Okay. Same concept, increase heart rate. Okay. You become more short-term memory, more long-term memory. Short, short. Short. Get the heck away from that tiger. Where's the tiger to get away from it? Okay. So short memory. And do the muscles relax or do they actually tighten up? Tighten up. Good. Okay. So increase. Yeah. Muscles tighten. Okay, just, those are just a couple. Okay, on this form here, last, last time I ran into these things, it talks about how the nerves work, how they correlate from the spine to the location, and the effect of that. Especially here, thank you. Especially when it's under sympathetic. So your symptoms, your effects, will be your symptoms you. when it's sympathetic response, this response here. Okay. Any questions about this yet? Well, it doesn't you're, feel sympathetic. <laughs> you say, yep. But you're, you're saying that yes. the, what we would say in science, the nucleus, yes. is the spine. You're saying that that is the, seven the base. Out, seven out of ten of your emotion receptors okay. occur from your spinal column itself. Okay, so 70%. Seven, okay, so what did you say? Seven? 70% occur, uh -huh. emotion sensors come from your spine. Okay. Scientifically, if you want to read books and things like that, so I'll give you all my books. That's when other motions in your area are affected too. They'll say, if I have a problem with my shoulder, what happens if I if I tear my shoulder? Okay, acute pain, sharp pain, it's going to freeze up on me. So when it does that, it sends a response to my brain to make things want to contract, maybe sweat a little because I'm in pain, and breathe hard because I don't because I'm hurting. Okay, that's more of an acute injury. The subtle injuries can occur without causing symptoms, but still have the same response. Okay, so let yes. me just ask you. Sure. If you have uh, a knee yes. ache, mm -hmm. a hip ache, yes. am I saying, are you saying that initially it will start in the spine area? I'm saying that once you have that initial ache. Yes. At that point, that'll cause acute firing of the nerves, mechanoreceptors, your motion sensors, and lock everything up. But as the ache goes away, becomes more stiff, becomes less symptomatic. Yes, it does. And then your overall body recovers from that synthetic response. So your body's very intelligent. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. One second. Yep. Come on in. I know, they moved me. 
You're testing your orientation this month. <laughs> Can you figure out where to go? Well, it's because the clutter class has many more clutterers. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and does that, when I'm in acute pain, my body fires, my heart rate increases, my breathing becomes rapid, my short-term memory kicks in, and my muscles tighten. So even if I have a shoulder problem, my neck muscles tighten, my arm tightens, my side tightens, protect my body. It's not just one area. So long-term, if you maintain that at acute pain, that sympathetic system, and your body sees that as normal, your body compensates. If your body compensates, what happened to a knee or hip becomes arthritic, the scar tissue builds up, but then you have arthritis, bone arthritis, okay? Two major types of arthritis, one is gonna be inflammation causing pain, like in hands, for example, sometimes rheumatoid arthritis, other is bone spurs causing joint locking permanently. That's what you'd see on the x-ray or an MRI. So short-term, fires, this kicks in, boom. You're going you're gonna to do something about it, right? Because now you're symptomatic. Long-term, you go, I can deal with it. I'll be okay. Years later, you go, it's not going away. Now take the MRI of the x-rays. Now it's arthritic. Again, hip is one joint. Knee is one joint. Yes. Hinge joint, ball and socket joint. <laughs> Your spine, if it has one area where it's locked itself up, say one area here, one area down here, other parts can still move. Even that's initially symptomatic where you feel something, you can lock up the other parts to move. So unlike a knee, other parts can compensate. So I can still move, but now the area is locked itself up. Okay, for example, the neck, neck locks up over time, it can still move above and below to cause the same range of motion has to move the joints above and below more to make them wear out faster, more wear and tear. Okay? So because of that, over time, even though that's not, that's not symptomatic, we don't have any pain, that system can kick in to where over time it keeps your body under stress. For example, I had a lady about four years ago, came in, had a stressful job, she drove from Ranch Cucamonga to Senior Commerce every day for work for about five years. The stress of driving there, working all day in an office, and leaving there and spending about two hours in wet traffic there, two hours on the way back, coming home sleeping, doing the same thing over and over five days a week. Okay? Came in with some spinal problems, but also heart palpitations, breathing issues, intestinal issues too. Did have a heart issue, ruled it out with a cardio cardiogram through a medical doctor. Blood work came out negative too. Because of this, over a period of time, it finds you a little away at her, where her body responded with the organs becoming chronically symp sympathetic, chronically under stress. Okay? Does that make sense how that would work? So what we did for her is alleviate the pressure in her spine so all of her bones worked, and that was enough to compensate, to get her to start moving, to get this response to calm itself down. So we moved the spine because she had chronic stress and chronic posture issues from her sitting at a, a desk all day and also driving to and from work. But that allowed her to move more. And then she got away from the sympathetic. In fact, we'll talk about, the set, we'll talk about this in a second how that works. Okay? Does everyone respond, everyone understand how the stress response works? Kind of, sort of, maybe? Now you're all neurochemist <laughs> and neurologist and whatever else the neurologist. So whatever else it would be, hormone specialist. Okay, that's the first part. 
The second part is here. It's called your parasympathetic. Anyone know what para means? One, the parallel. It's the same base as parallel, isn't it? Okay. I don't know, so I'm asking. Is that right? Parasympathetic. Because I would think it's almost the opposite para for sympathetic. Or might be, no, I'm just being rational here. Being human. Okay. So if we have this, this is your rest and relaxation. This, is, this has to be in balance so you can survive the environment, but also repair when your body is not under a stressful environment. Okay? So here, as we go through this, same thing. I'll just put parasym. No. Penmanship <laughs> is horrible. Apologize. It's Okay? That causes same thing, chemical response to the brain. A different hormone... This time is going to be, I'll put it over here, um, here, going to be endorphins. And serotonin. Yeah. Okay, these are your relaxation hormones. If they're the opposite of this, will it keep your breathing relaxed? We'll keep your heart rate calm down, exactly. We'll keep your muscles relaxed, too. Okay, exactly. The intestinal tract stays relaxed. Your bladder stays relaxed. Your overall body stays relaxed. Okay, so more relaxed state. If your body's relaxed, for example, when you sleep, do you get more rechargeable sleep? Where your body wakes up more energized, more... You want to call it with a better battery? Okay, that's the plan. Under oh, here, yeah. under here, realize you have less recovery sleep. Okay, your body does not shut down under stress. One of the aspects. You mean symptomatic? Is that sympathetic? sympathetic? Yes. Sympathetic. Under sympathetic here, same thing. Your body doesn't go into a relaxed state, so it stays tight the whole time. You get more alpha, alpha sleep, not the deep delta sleep where you get the REM sleep in there. Okay? So the body's meant to have that balance to so when your body can relax, those are relaxed state. Everything you see on the right-hand side there, this does not occur as the effects. Locations stay more normal, more relaxed. And the sympathetic is when the effects of that chart actually kick in. Especially chronic sympathetic conditions, from one, too. So the alpha sleep is less. <clears throat> alpha it. sleep is less than deep delta sleep. It's yeah. going to be more alpha sleep. Mm -hmm. I'll use the alpha sign. Yeah. And that's going to be the deep. I don't know what the delta sign is, but I write it down. I'm a delta, so got it. Got it. I'm a beta, so. Okay. Got it, got it. Brent's coming back to me now. We're going to need to try delts on our on our campus. Yeah. So that's your that's your delta sleep. Okay. So when I ask my patients when they're under care and ask them how you feel, I'm a little bit better, doc. I go, how are you sleeping? How are you waking up? Still not very good. Over time, you go, wow, wake up, actually feel more relaxed, more more recharged, have more energy throughout the day. That's how we know we've gone to more of that balance. Okay? Your body wants to stay is called homeostasis. 
This allows your bison home states when you're under stress, quick stress in a car accident, got a deal with situation, your body should kick in your sympathetic. Okay? But once that calms down, your body goes out of that, then it gets that balance back again, too. If you're under chronic stress, like talk about my patient who had the community procedure of commerce every day, it would have, does it make sense why it would affect your body? Over time, your body adapts to that stressor. Mm. Our body's intelligent. Do two things. We can either change our environment, especially external, or adapt to the environment. If we adapt to the environment, our body will go under that and adapt to it physically and chemically, hormonally, and neurologically over time. Hmm. How do we, if we're under sympathetic <clears throat> stress, at a certain point, maybe symptomatic or not symptomatic, how do we change that? How do we cause this to reverse if we're under sympathetic? Now that we know both sympathetic and parasympathetic, how do we how do you go back to a better normal if we're under sympathetic, if we're under stress? What can we do physically to our bodies? Oh, physically. Oh, say mentally, I calm, pray, meditate. So, so mentally realize you can cause a chemical response to your body that can affect your hormones Absolutely. to allow things to come in better balance. Mm -hmm. Good. What else can you do? So there's the psychological, psychological right? Psychological, right. Okay. Uh -huh. What else can you do as a, as a way to recover from this? Exercise. Good. Exercise. Why? Talked about a second ago yes. about at least 30% of our... Right. <coughs> of <the motion coughs> exactly. Yeah. That motion in your joints, the uh -huh. receptors in your joints, maybe your knee, your hips, your shoulder, your back, your neck, your wrist, your arms. The mechanoceptors control your motion sensors. They fire to your brain to cause your parasympathetic to kick in. More motion you cause physically, the more this kicks in, so you get to more of a relaxed state. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can control that. What we do as chiropractors is adjust the spine, make sure we take the extra first off, is make sure what we have to adjust, so you recover physically inside your body. That's what we do. Your job and part of our care is how do we have you start if you don't already exercise with stretching and then strength training and maintain that. So your body stays healthy. Okay? Yes? No, what is the CPAP machine trying to put you into that sleep? It helps keep you in a relaxed state, but you become dependent on it. Mm -hmm. You can't do it That's by okay. yourself. You want to do it independently. Exactly. You don't want to depend on a machine. So that's a good way to, to in an acute situation, short-term use it. But how do you do things on your own? To get your body to get healthy. If I have a shoulder injury, I'm going to go to physical therapy. If I have surgery, for example, get it worked on until I can do it on my own and maintain <coughs> it on my own. you got to realize where you are first is by taking the x-ray of the shoulder. Maybe get an MRI. Maybe get a test done. So know where you are first and then proceed with your either assisted therapy with a doctor or a therapist and then on your own so over time you maintain your own health. Because who's around you more, you or the therapist? Yeah. yeah, so you are. So how do you maintain that on your own so overall it stays healthy on your own too? Sometimes changing your environment. My, my patient, she was going to quit her job, so when she came to my office, City of Commerce, and I said, well, let's give us two to four weeks, see what's going on with it. She got herself healthy when she started walking, walking at work for an hour and coming home after work and walking because she had enough energy to do that. We got that initial ball rolling momentum going so she could do that. She kept it on her own, she was able to get her own discipline. Some of people can't do that. But she was, like I was saying, she was, she was able to get the relief from the spinal care that we do, then from the spinal care, get herself healthy so she got discipline in the habit of doing it on her own, 
kept herself moving. That got her heart rate down, got her breathing better, better sleeping, so her body recharged more. See that reverse effect? If we cause more motion in our body, okay, in our spine is what we do, then our body kicks in some, some parasympathetic. Okay, but it still has to get that better bounce over time too. So if kick is enough in to where we get the sleep to get better, then our body can recharge more. It has more energy throughout the day. And then the ball starts rolling more in this favor here. So at that point you're more motivated. And at that point you control the hormone release of serotonin endorphins by keeping up your own exercise. Mm -hmm. You have to get to that break point to where you feel better in the morning. And once you get to that break point, boom, you're on your own. And your body can actually recover on its own. And this box won't kill me sometime in the future. So with proper therapy, you, yes. can, you can get yourself off of a CPAP machine? Yes. Yeah. It takes a lot of therapy. It takes you understanding how, what your body should be doing to recover from that. What, what is a CPAP machine supposed to do? It's artificially. What? But why, though? Well, what I understand is that your, your, your throat closes up. Yes. And so the air can't get through there. Yes. And the CPAP machine forces air through there. Now, with therapy, how does it make that it gets go you overall, away? It gets you a higher VO2 max, higher lung capacity. Your body relaxes more, so it doesn't have that quick, if you want to call it thrust of, of volume increase over time. You might have some mechanical going on. I can't, I can't, mechanical stuff is 10%. But what can you do on your own to get your breathing up, increase your heart rate throughout the day, through cardio, whatever it might be, so your body gets that higher lung capacity and ability to work, to work in a relaxed state. If my body's always in an atrophied or weak state, it has to fire and then calm down. The, the, the sine, cosine, tangent wave, your, your middle max is going to be too high. So if, I, if I'm under stress, I just go way up here, then come back down. So that's what it's kind of doing to your body. You can't breathe, so it fires it up. Down. The machine is meant to regulate, so can you do it on your own? You probably you might be able to, unless you have some mechanical going on where your throat, your thyroid, your high up, or lung issue too. You see whatever it might be. But realize a lot of it, how do you prevent, but also fix on our own if we can, to make sure our body gets healthier. Mm -hmm. Any questions from the back row? Yeah, I'm, I'm having problems with the vocabulary because if I say I'm sympathetic for you, Yes. It suggests that, that I feel your, your pain, but I don't. I just I appreciate what you're going through. I understand. And you. then there's another word, empathy. Yes. And it's a similar meaning, yes. you know. The, the so we, we take it away from the psychology, get into more of the science. Focus. Yeah, okay. Perfect. <laughs> focus on the science. Yes. I'm sorry. I sure. just, I'm trying to process Good. everything. And if you can just reiterate to me, with, sure. I'm reviewing my notes. Of course, I have to course, go ahead. Away. I have to take mine. My sister-in-law, because she just broke her wrist. So ah. this is, she was supposed to be here uh, for the class. Yes. But when you said seventy percent of of your of your joint motions of your your mechanic, it's called mechanoreceptor, mechanoreceptors. It, it, it's called what? Mechanoreceptor. Write that down. Yeah, because I, 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 I okay. Mechano. Uh-huh. No receptors. Those are your motion sensors in your joints okay. that allow your body to fire this off in a good way or a not so good way. Okay, so it's the motion. Motion sensors. Sensors. Yes. Okay. That 
does plus or minus? Yes, exactly. Okay. They either find sympathetic or parasympathetic based on if there's motion or non-motion. Non-motion, okay. There you go. All right. That's, yeah, that so starts I... the system going. All right. All these plethora yeah. of words everywhere. And we have 70... 70%, 70%, 70 comes from your spine. Okay. 30% comes from your other external joints. All right. Now I'm, okay. There you okay. go. That's the big picture. Right. So once we know that, our job is chiropractic to see what's stuck in the spine and unlock that so your body gets back to better health. And you, on your own, maintain that with your own exercise also. With spinal loading exercise, posture exercise, whatever it might be. With a broken wrist or elbow, mm -hmm. when it's ready, getting full range of motion in there as soon as possible, mm -hmm. and keep that motion going the whole time until it heals completely. You want things to heal with motion. Okay. If you get an injury and don't heal with motion, you build scar tissue yes, you that acts like glue to lock everything up. Then you're stuck and you have to break that up to full mm -hmm. recovery. If you don't break up scar tissue, that forms arthritis within five to six years. So that's why when you have an injury, you go to have physical therapy because right that's away. emotion. Right away. Oh, okay. the, the, old, the, the old philosophy was you get the surgery done, we'll see you in four weeks for the physical therapy once mm -hmm. you feel better. Then you, spend, then you spend two more weeks breaking up all the scar tissue. Okay. Now they go, you have surgery at 8 o'clock in the morning. We'll see you at 12 o'clock for your first physical therapy appointment inside your room. So for no buildup. Oh, exactly. Yeah, no build of scar tissue. The more you cause more motion, no scar tissue build. The best recovery. I had, I had two patients about seven years ago. Gentleman was in his 50s, an old guy, 50, right? <laughs> well, I must be ancient. Yeah. He's 69, <laughs> golly. <laughs> and a younger guy in his 30s, both had a shoulder surgery. Okay. The thirty-year-old didn't do physical therapy exam. He didn't have to. He had to pay for it out of his own pocket. No physical therapy. Other one had physical therapy started the same day. What do you think? A month later, who was in better shape? The one that started. The older guy or the younger guy? The older guy had the physical therapy right away. Okay. And he was in better shape. Yeah. Ninety percent almost a month later, full range of motion, back to normal walking. The other guy was still here, stuck. Had to have surgery again to break up all the scar tissue, things moving again. That's more painful. I don't want pain once, not twice. But you have to allow things to move better, if not develop arthritis. That's the key. Arthritis doesn't happen overnight. Unless you have rheumatoid arthritis, metabolic disease, whatever it is, too. Osteoarthritis, bone arthritis occurs because of lack of motion joint. The joint doesn't move. Joint doesn't move. It locks up. Cause arthritis in the front the first time. Because that's where the ligament is in the front, the anterior launch ligament. That'll cause, kids, or that'll cause that's, your, that's your warning sign. You're going to have arthritis in your spine. Cause this to basically cause arthritis there, bone spurs. It'll shrink the disc and pinch the nerve. You know, I, I, I respect yes. and understand what you're saying. Yes. I guess it's frustrating. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess it's oh, frustrating, good. you know, to me because I felt.